Rolling Stones magazine released an updated version of the top 500 albums of all time. A list like this was bound to spark controversy. So I'm here to give my opinion on how these albums stack up. I'm Gibbs, and welcome to the Rolling Review. What is up everybody? Gibbs here with number 433 on the Rolling Stones top 500 greatest albums of all time. It's LCD Sound System with Sound of Silver. Sound of Silver is the second studio album by the American rock band LCD Sound System. It was released on March 12th of 2007, recorded in 2006 at the Longview Farm North Brookfield, Massachusetts studio, and the DFA New York City, New York studio. The genre of the album is dance punk, electronic rock, electronica, indie rock. Released on the labels of DFA and Capital and EMI. The producer was the DFA. The album is made up of nine tracks with four of them being released as singles. Those were North American Scum, All My Friends, Someone Great, and Time to Get Away. I don't know a lot about LCD Sound System except for listening to this album and I hadn't heard of them prior to seeing them on this list. So it's unclear to me exactly how the band or group format really works. But to me it seems like James Murphy is behind basically everything that goes on in this group and on this album. And then maybe there's other backing musicians. Almost like a Nine Inch Nails where Trent Reznor is the main focal point of the group, the one that's writing it all, does the majority of the work, and then there is other musicians that are there just to play what he's created. The thing that draws me to this comparison is just seeing what all he is responsible for on this album. Vocals, drums, extra percussion, bass, programming, piano, synthesizers, clapping guitar, organ, Casio, guitar bass, clavinet, glockenspiel, electronic percussion, something called a fun machine, and kalimba. So, I mean, obviously a very talented musician. To be able to play all these different things and make up this great music, putting everything together, making it sound great, it's a very daunting task, and... Obviously this album and just anything that he had done that he had done this much work on shows his great abilities as a musician. So just a wonderful showcase of his abilities and getting to see what he can do. It was said that he was uncomfortable recording his own vocals though. He called the experience horrifying. So probably a little partnership there, the producer taking over on recording his vocals on this album. And it was also said that he, during the recording of this album, covered the entire studio in a silver fabric and tin foil. I don't know if that really has any impact on the sound of the album, but that was a technique or just something that made him comfortable while he was in the studio that he did. LCD Sound System would also go on to dedicate this album to the memory of Dr. George Kamen. 
who they said, quote, is one of the great minds of his or any generation. I guess he was a Bulgarian-born doctor and was a pioneer of group therapy and had open practice in New York City. So maybe they had seen him at one time. I'm not really sure of the relationship there, or maybe they were just trying to bring an awareness to group therapy. I don't know, but the album is dedicated to the memory of George Kamen. Several weeks before and after the album's official release, the entire album was available for streaming on the band's MySpace page. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the social media page before Facebook. Everyone had a MySpace back in those days, and even after MySpace kind of died down for personal use, and Facebook kind of took over in that aspect, a lot of musicians and bands still would use MySpace and keep a MySpace music page that they would post music and all their events and things on. And this was really before Facebook got into the groups and the pages and all of that other stuff that you could like because Facebook was just a profile for yourself. So there wasn't really a way to promote anything else other than yourself on there. So MySpace still was the outlet to promote a band or a music group or something like that. As well as being a place that you could just let your friends know which five of them you liked best. James Murphy had big hopes for this album and its release, hoping that it would be in the top 40 on the U.S. Billboard charts, but it debuted at Billboard 200 at number 46. Reviews seemed to be rather mixed on this album, some people thinking that it was a good exploration of space, and others thinking that it was only worth about a two-star honorable mention. And it was nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Electronic Slash Dance Album, but it would lose out. And the album would also be nominated for the 2007 Shortlist Prize, but it also lost out to that one. So it was getting recognition, but just not taking home those awards. The album would be named Album of the Year by The Guardian, Uncut, and Drowned in Sound. Pitchfork named two of the album's tracks, Someone Great and All My Friends, in the top ten tracks of 2007, and the album itself was named the second best album of 2007. Entertainment Weekly and Rolling Stone both ranked it as the seventh best album of 2007, in 2008, Entertainment Weekly ranked it as one of the top 50 albums of the last 25 years. In January of 2008, it was named the Album of the Year in both the 2007 Village Voice Paz and Jop and Idolator Pop 2007 polls. Time Magazine named All My Friends one of the best 10 songs of 2007, ranking it at number 4. The album placed 5th in The Wire's annual critics poll. In 2009, Pitchfork would name the track All My Friends as the second best song of the decade, while a month later Sound of Silver was ranked at number 17 in the website's list of best albums of the 2000s. 
Rhapsody ranked the album at number 5 on its 100 Best Albums of the Decade list. It was also named the 23rd Best Album of the Decade by Resident Advisor. It appeared on the earlier version of the Rolling Stones list, and this is kind of interesting as we have seen with other albums that appeared on earlier editions of this list. It started out in 2012 being ranked at number 395 on the list of 500 greatest albums of all time. And now it's all the way back at 433. So just in that short amount of time, it's dropped a few more spots. Sound of Silver would also appear in the 1001 albums you must hear before you die, which seems to be a... Another consistent thing with a lot of these albums on this list also appearing on that list, so slowly knocking those out as well. This album also just earned a gold certification in the United Kingdom, not earned a certification from anywhere else, which I kind of wonder if that is part of the revealing the whole album on MySpace. Was it easy for people to get pirated copies of that that wouldn't count as sales? Either way, I would still think that if there was a big buying market out there, it would have shown up and the album would have ended up certified anyway if people were really buying it. But that's just kind of a factor that I was thinking about that maybe with the MySpace and the release of the whole album on there, maybe they lost out on some sales opportunities there. But certified gold in the United Kingdom. As for what I thought about this album... The first track really didn't help me get into this album. It was called Get Innocuous, and it's a seven minute long, just over seven minute long track, and I just felt like a little bit of uneasiness set in with me, because knowing that this album was almost an hour long, I was like, man, is this going to be the whole album? Because Get Innocuous is mainly just an instrumental piece, not a lot of lyrical content involved, and it was very techno, and it just seemed to go on kind of long, and I was just wondering, man, if the whole album is going to be like this, I doubt I'm going to enjoy this too much. Luckily, all that goes away. You get time to get away, and you start moving into this album a little more, and... It honestly isn't that bad of an album. It's surprising to me to a certain extent that this album wasn't listed anything under funk. Because I feel like there's a lot of funk aspects that lie within some of these tracks on this album. And I really enjoyed that. As a matter of fact, I didn't really have a favorite track on this album. It was more of... I had favorite things that they did throughout the whole album that were pretty consistent in every song i really liked as i said the funk based electronic elements and a lot of that had to do with the kind of muted scratch guitar that you kind of get with the wah effect and i really liked that keeping the beat and like i said those were just things that would do throughout the whole album there was a track though that i didn't like and that was the title track Sound of Silver, where I just felt like it was just too repetitive and long. For some reason, that was a track where most of the time 
the beginning beat and what they would eventually build off of. And I like that they would do that that way. They usually started out with something maybe a little simplistic and then they'd just keep layering over top of it. And I like that a lot. But on this track, for some reason it just didn't catch me in. And I was kind of zoning out throughout this track and just more wondering when it was going to be over. I felt like it just lingered on a little too long. And it was another track that was just a hair over seven minutes long, which, as I've said before, I don't mind long tracks. I like long tracks as long as they're going somewhere and not just repeating for the sake of adding time to the track. And that's where I feel like this was. Because there were tracks like Us V Them that was an over an eight minute track, but I like that one. That one kept my attention. All My Friends was over seven minutes, and I, I liked that track as well. And I did wonder, because they named this track Us V Them, and I wondered if they did that so not to get confused with Pink Floyd's Us and Them, or whether it was supposed to maybe be a little bit of a play on that, and instead of being us and them, it was us v them. I just wonder, and being a major Pink Floyd fan, of course I can see, draw connections to Pink Floyd all the time with things. And I want to make that connection because I hope that other musicians and people enjoy Pink Floyd just as much as I do. But I do wonder if there was a little bit of a connection there and if it was meant to be a kind of callback to the Dark Side of the Moon's Us and Them with doing Us V Them. The last track I want to talk about is also the last track on this album. It's called New York, I Love You, But You're Bringing Me Down. And like I said prior, I had not heard of LCD Sound System. I hadn't heard this album before. I don't know what their other albums sound like. But this one threw me off, and in a good way, because it totally switches gears from the rest of the album, where the majority of this album is very electronic-based, funk beats, they're saying punk rockish, punk dance, and very upbeat. This one switches gears and brings in more piano, and... A lot more of the vocals on the forefront of the track instead of being something that's maybe just buried in the mix. And it had a very bluesy feel. And I just really like that sound. And I like the showing of the versatility for the musicians. Showing that I don't have to sit behind a computer and program things. I don't have to make these beats or anything that... I can play these instruments, and I can make a beautiful song, and that's not at all taking away from the rest of the album, because I do realize that it takes a level of talent to be able to produce something as high quality and make people want to listen to it, and not make it sound like you just went on to GarageBand and played around with some loops. So, I understand... He is a great musician for that, but it just made me view him as an even better musician that not only can he do that, 
but he can also do something else as well and make it sound good. So we're at the time now where I like to see where I'm going to rank this on my revised list that I've been doing this whole time. And honestly, I have to take it down farther than it dropped from 2012, just mainly based on sales. And that is a big driving factor in this is because I'm looking at other albums on this list and I'm seeing better sales and I'm seeing that it, they took more awards home and it just feels like they're on a little higher level than maybe this one is. And also I don't feel like they were doing anything new. I feel like sometimes I give some leeway for maybe an artist that's stepping outside the box and doing something that no one's really done before but I don't know and maybe that's just a hindsight look at it and not a fresh look at it from back in 2007 but I just feel like maybe they didn't do anything new and it just wasn't received as well by people so for that reason and because we had another album so recently as the last one that kind of made me feel the same way, I'm going to put it back there with Pavement, Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain, but slightly above it because I feel like this one at least did better in sales and I didn't have as much of a complaint from the pitchiness or anything like that. I thought this album sounded good, so I think I'm going to put it right Ahead of Pavements, Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain at 473. That puts them in between Pavement and Marvin Gaye's Here, My Dear. Moving to Pox, All Eyes on Me, up to 433 for the time being. If you would like to give your opinion on how the list is shaping up, you can send an email, the rolling review at yahoo.com. Or go over to Facebook and like the fan page and drop a comment there. You can also search on Instagram for the rolling review. And I try to post up the copies of the list and copies of the notes that I took while I was listening to the album that we're going through. Next time at 432 we have Usher's Confessions. Until then, I'm Gibbs. This is the rolling review. Stay safe and be kind.